Hey, Ron, refresh my memory. Did you see Kiss in concert? Did I see Kiss in concert, Simi? I covered Kiss in concert. I can still hear the show. Uh, 1977, pyrotechnics, fire breathing, uh, just a vivid, fantastic show. Really? So you gave them the thumbs up? Uh, yeah, I still have the uh, the comic book, uh, too, that they produced uh, where they each contributed a drop of their own blood. Fantastic. Which I gather is a collector's <laughs> item uh, par excellence. I mean, now that everybody puts on these massive, well, before pandemic, right. these massive stage shows with special effects and everything, um, KISS were actually pioneers at that. And I realize that <laughs> mentioning KISS and pioneering in the same sentence is perhaps going to shock some music historians, but there you have it. I think you're absolutely right. So that's what they were in Vancouver, right? 1977? 1977, yeah. yeah I remember. I actually remember. I was I was only about five or six years old, but I remember that they were, it was a big deal, and it was on the news hour. And in oh, my yeah. house, we oh. watched the news hour religiously, and so they there was a shot of them coming out of their hotel in their full makeup, and Gene Simmons turned to the camera and, of course, stuck his tongue out, and I was yep. watching the news hour with my grandmother, and all I heard was just her that noise going... She like didn't cover your she eyes and say that a young woman shouldn't see this sort of thing. Right. Remember, remember the absolute shock the first time that Gene Simmons appeared in public yes. in a movie out of makeup. Like, Shocking. It was impossible to get a picture of Gene Simmons or any other member of Kiss out of, out of yeah. makeup, even though one assumes that they, you know, when they, well, anyway... Here I know, we go. I get it. This is such an important cultural moment in the 20th century. I agree. Listen, we've got to find some fun to talk about sometimes, yeah. right? And God Kiss knows, fits the yes. bill. Uh, we here we it. are talking about the provincial budget. Did you know there was one this week? Uh, I wouldn't guess, given everything else that's going on these days. Yeah, you know, the government's whole political agenda was that by now we'd be talking about the budget and we'd be talking about putting the pandemic behind us and emerging stronger than ever, unfortunately, for the New Democrats, despite all the resources they put into that storyline, it kind of disappeared. In fact, it started disappearing the day before the budget with these nifty travel restrictions that the premier announced but couldn't explain on Monday. Yeah, and it just seems like he constantly got contradicted every day. Even Mike Farnworth yesterday on our show was was like <laughs> saying more about it that was not what John Horgan had said earlier in the week. Yeah, well, the last time the New Democrats were in government, Farnworth's nickname was the janitor, cleaning up other people's messes. <laughs> and uh, here he is in another NDP government doing the same thing. I I discovered yesterday, Simi, doing phone-in radio in Calgary that John Horgan managed to confuse people in two provinces about what these restrictions really? mean. So, yeah, I mean, look, uh, according to Horgan, uh, he's been, the government's been working on this plan and these restrictions way back in February, but uh, again and again on Monday, he couldn't explain how they're going to work. And yeah, I mean, Farnworth was on your show yesterday trying to clarify it. We're supposed to get further clarification on Friday. But I I, I found yesterday, as I said, doing sort of phone-in in Calgary uh, from people calling in saying, like, can I do this? Can I do that? And I'm going... Damned if I know, <laughs> we don't. We, we've had hints and that from the government. I, I guess what I would say, Simi, is after, particularly after listening to Farnworth on your show yesterday, that 
These restrictions are aimed at mainly discouraging travel. They are not about roadblocks. They are not about piling up fines. They're not about giving the Civil Liberties Association something to do in the courts for the next 10 years. They're mainly aimed at communicating to people uh, in a new way, don't travel because you may find that you can't get on BC ferries, that there might be a lineup on the Coquihalla to get to the Okanagan, that your campground reservation or hotel or motel reservation may be canceled. So I think it's all really designed to kind of throw cold water on travel plans, not so much that the big story will be you know, police roadblocks and so forth. Right, because now we also have to worry about these variants out there, this oh, new double man. mutant variant that has now, according to yesterday, arrived here in B.C. Yeah, so we gather from what little we were told yesterday, Simi, that the um, the it's called the double mutant. It is uh, the one that is being blamed for the horrific spread of the virus in India. I mean, India thought it had gotten through this thing, right? And now you see the reports out of there. They're heartbreaking. Uh, so this is a variant that, I mean, it's not fair to call it the India variant, although that's certainly where it was first detected. It's a, it's a, a called the double mutant because it piles on previous mutations. And yeah, we have 39 cases already here in BC, detected at the beginning of the month, only told about it yesterday. So I think the first questions today will be at the briefing will be, why did it take you so long to test to tell us? The other thing that really jumps out at me today, Simi, is Richard Zussman's interview on Global last night with the Prime Minister. And the Prime Minister saying, yeah, well, we're sort of thinking that we might have to do something about flights from India. You know, it's only a tiny minority of the cases that are coming from international travel. Uh, dear that's Prime Minister, point. Yeah. it only takes one case. <laughs> you know, that's what we found with the Brazilian variant. We still don't know exactly how it got here, and it may have gotten here in two different ways, but... Um, that's the whole story of COVID-19, and especially the story about variants. They are more communicable, more transmissible, and they spread faster. We've been told that repeatedly here. So again, I think the question is, will the BC government do what it did this time last year and lean on Ottawa to do something about arrivals quarantines and travel at the airport because that's a federal responsibility the province can't do that by itself yeah but last year they made a big enough stink about it and this year they don't seem to me yeah you know i i think again uh looking at the provincial government strategy it has been the vaccines are here they'll get us through they'll get us to herd immunity um that's why you know, that's why that story is on front page of the Vancouver Sun today. Out of, yes, the survey out of SFU with the SFU researchers warning that the vaccine rollout here in Canada is not yet sufficient to get us to herd immunity by the end of May. So these restrictions that we got this week or we're getting this week, which are aimed at getting us through the next five weeks past the, the holiday weekend in May and to herd immunity and safety, we're not going to make it there. And the variants are complicating that. So, you know, uh, 
I'm I'm Mr. Pandemic Pessimism, but um, it's not clear to me that these latest restrictions and everything we're doing are going to get us to the margin of safety as soon as the government hopes. Yeah, as soon as we all hope. Uh, yeah. Very quickly, let's talk about the budget here as well. Because, oh, the budget, yeah. Yeah, remember that thing from earlier this week that was such a big deal on Tuesday? Yeah, uh, for a few about, hours anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look, the capital projects listed in there, there were, there were still some stuff missing. Yeah, so the two big ones for Metro Vancouver are the replacement for the Massey Tunnel, which the New Democrats insist is a priority for them, and the much-promised Surrey-Langley Skytrain extension. So I'm still trying to figure out why neither of those is actually a line item in the capital plan. A couple of hints from the New Democrats yesterday. I think they're waiting for the federal government to partner up on the costing of these two. Ottawa has committed to the to uh, transit expansion and hinted they might be open to uh, helping pay for the replacement of the Massey. Uh, both of those would be part of the big infrastructure plan. And what's the holdup? Well, you know, it looks like Ottawa's thinking of an election, so maybe the Prime Minister wants to come out and announce those things. Uh, when he's actually on the campaign trail. And I think that's why the provincial government is just holding off on announcing their intentions. They want to see if Ottawa is coming to the table with some money. And politically, if they'd announced them this week, I'm not sure that they would be getting a lot of coverage so anyway. You know what, you're so so right about that. Like, we've interviewed Christopher Freeland, uh, Catherine McKenna, a couple of times. Yeah. And uh, she brings us up every single time about how, oh, yes, we're certainly looking at these projects. And I had to say to her last time, so do we have to wait for a federal election before we actually get the details what a, what on What a this? shocking suggestion <laughs> right? that the government would hold back until it's ready to call an election to start rolling out the money to, uh, to British Columbia. Well, you are, as my mother would say, a rabble rouser, Vaughn. That's what you are. <laughs> Listen, thanks for your time this morning. Okay. Bye-bye. Sam. That's Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun.